Welcome to a brand new episode of the Football Ramble. We're bureau faxing it in and Jean-Michel Olas is happy. It's Tuesday the 1st of September. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Uh, sitting alongside a very serious looking Luke Moore today. I was about oh. to say, back to the very start, the very first um, episode of the new format of these was the three of us, wasn't it? And we talked oh. about, yeah, we talked about Mikel Antonio dressed as a snowman. We talked about our highlights of the lockdown return to football, uh, last season before lockdown. Right, okay. Uh, and we're back to where we started. Nice. We should talk about Mikel Antonio dressed as a snowman more often. I think. <laughs> yeah. Is there some sort of feature? Have you Wait. got a sting for that? Where's the, yeah. We haven't got a sting for that. Where is that Where is that Antonio um, snowman suit? Where's it going? No, and what's he going to do, more importantly, as we move into winter and towards mm. Christmas, what's he going to do to upstage himself mm. from last Christmas where he crashed his Lamborghini into a bin shed in someone's garden dressed as he a He needs snowman. a sleigh. Yeah. That's what he needs. Mm. That would be great. He needs to turn up somewhere crash into a bin in the same garden in the same in the garden sleigh in a sleigh <laughs> with into, reindeer no into a, into Hamleys you should do it into Hamleys <laughs> yeah or fairly a, a pret oh pret I walked into a pret today right about an hour ago congrats and uh, I thank you and I was getting a coffee and I opened the door for a man and, and held it open for a bloke and a bloke said and I quote Thank you very much and have a great day. Oh. I wanted to damage his body. Yeah. That is not how Londoners oh. speak to one another. Was he American? Yeah, no, he was English. America. He was English. I, you know, I'm a Londoner of some 15 years. I wanted to damage his body. I did not care for it and I won't have it. Is Thank it only... you very much and have a great day. <laughs> is it only social distancing that stopped you taking it to the trenches? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing my coffee into his face. Right no. outside. <laughs> yeah. This will Throw go badly for you if you keep on doing this. Throw a glove on the floor. <laughs> Don't do that to any other human being. That's well, what you should have yeah. said. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> because I, they, some of them day. aren't as mild-mannered as me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have quite liked it. I think it would have... Um, it was very lovely and surprising. Did you make you feel uncomfortable? Yes. How would you have reacted, Kate? Punched him. Yeah. yeah, straight in there. Straight in yeah. the throat. Is that allowed in coronavirus times? I don't think it's allowed generally, no. is it? You can't just punch people elbows. in the throat. Elbows. Right. You're yeah. allowed elbows. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the only the only exception to the rule, and this is a very London-centric conversation, but the only exception to the rule mm. is if someone tries to get on the tube before you get off, mm. you are allowed to hit an elbow into the soda plexus yes. mm. if they are under pensionable age. <laughs> under it. Okay, but, yeah, but yeah. But over... They got me a child. Oh, yeah. Can they be a child? You're going to hit them in the face, aren't you, if it's a child? Yeah, you're not allowed to do it if they've uh, got lots of very, very big suitcases that clearly come from Heathrow. Maybe they're fresh to the country. Yeah. It's fine. Um, I, I mean, there is nothing worse, and I've done this, there is nothing worse than carting five suitcases Ugh. or whatever onto the Piccadilly line at Heathrow Terminals 1, 2 and 3. Taxi to Paddington, grow up, get the Heathrow yeah. I don't care how expensive it is. Heathrow Express is much slower though, ultimately, depending on where you're getting to, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you live in... Taxi to Paddington, are you, you made of money? If you live near Scion Lane, fine. <laughs> Pete's whole life is basically like Brewster's Millions. He, the money comes in yeah. and he has to spend it yeah. before the end of the month or he, some kind of curse is passed yeah. down upon him. So, uh, and then the, on the other side of the coin, Marcus Speller, 4am on a bus to Heathrow, on a bus yeah. to Heathrow. yeah. yeah. That is very much each end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. How do we think football. Jack Greenish is going to be turning up to his brand new England squad? Will he go, be going for the Mikel Antonio sleigh option mm. or will he be on the 4am bus, would we say? He I like, has been I like, announced. I like that the sleigh option is now Mikel Antonio's option, even though he's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, do you remember when Harry Maguire turned up with a plastic bag? Yes. Yeah. Full of, full of stuff. Mm. Was that affected or was that quite sweet? 
I, 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 I don't know where we're allowed to go with, uh, with him with that player. Oh, right yeah, now. good point. But he's back a, at the time, back in the time. He's a grown man. Yes. I, I don't think. Too grown. It wouldn't, if you guys turned up to work. When you guys turn up to work with plastic bags full of your belongings, none of this is I, work. I, I, I tend to think uh, that shows that t- these two people are not very well put together. There's, I, a, there's a reasonable chance that Pete and or Jim at some point would be asleep in the studio. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, I but I had mm. a little pen reputation. holder, but it's got a toothbrush in it. I had a reputation <laughs> of turning up to three consecutive weddings with a carrier bag. Yeah, and people call me carrier bag man. You, you can't do that, and that mm. is quite simply why you weren't invited to my wedding. Exactly. Um, but Jack Rudish, I am very pleased for. I think that um, I, I put as a curveball in the running order, Kate. Jack Grealish has finally <laughs> pulled up to the England squad because Gareth Southgate is morally weak. <laughs> You've not taken that bait. Marcus Speller no, would have. He would have. You've not. That's a no. credit to you. I um, was confused um, when he wasn't included in the first instance. I know he's been included now because... Marcus Rashford and Harry Winks, or as uh, Jose Mourinho confusedly calls him, Winksy, uh, has, have, have both pulled out. But I wasn't on the show when the squad was announced, and and and, and the guys covered it brilliantly. But I, I would have, I would have, I would have said that why would Gareth Southgate be so a incurious as to why to not want to watch Jack Grealish among the England squad and see how he trains and and, and all that good stuff? And secondly, he has to be careful, Gareth, because. He said certain things to, to Jack Grealish, what he needs him to do, and he's done those things, and then Southgate still didn't call him mm-hmm. up, which I think it runs the risk. I don't know how you guys feel, but to me it feels like it runs the risk of sending quite a difficult message to people who aren't perhaps, dare I say, playing for, in quotes, the, the bigger teams. Mm. Um, he's been very, very um, not consistent because he's actually shown a bit of inconsistency more recently in his, in his, in his reign, but he's, he's been quite good generally at calling people up um, who've represented at youth level that he knows well or who have, have been called up on form. And Grealish just seemed like a massive outlier to that. And I was confused as to why that, that hadn't happened before. I, th- I think with Southgate, outwardly, he's, he's obviously, I think he sees him as a winger or a forward. And, and, and he's sort of basically saying that Green was Sanshaw. He's got covering that area. Sterling, Rashford yeah. are all in front of him, either on the, on the wing or up top. But I think Southgate does want to kick on from the side that scored all of their goals from, from set pieces <laughs> in 2018. Because for every glide past uh, a defender, Grealish is a trailing leg machine. Yeah. Aston Villa scored a hell of a lot of goals from uh, from free kicks and dead balls and he wins so many set pieces is a match against Icelandic Giants <gasps> going to be the game in which we score a lot of uh, headers from a free kick probably not um, but I, I think at 25 he's, he's definitely been the victim of being like a, probably you would say a, certainly European class player arguably a, a rather a rather poor side he's got that freedom at Villa and, and Gallas side is, is quite rigid almost to the point of being brittle at, at, at times so I think I think he should be allowed to play in the middle, possibly, or, or closer to the middle, mm. uh, in front of players like Ross Barkley, who could be going to like West Ham in an exchange deal or something like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think he, he definitely deserves his place. But no one's coming in, coming in for him. You think that uh, the, the troubles that Villa have had and the fact that he probably would be available uh, at the price of about 80, 90 million, why haven't teams come in for him? I know Manchester United have obviously taken a look and they'll probably go in for him if they I don't think, I think, Do you know what? I think Spurs might go in for him. Yeah. Well, yeah. we were, Spurs were in for him for a bit. Before, he's not right. 24, he is still, I think. Okay, right. he's, he's, but to be fair to Pete Clay, to be absolutely fair, he's 25 next week. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, well, that's, but we are man. up to the minute here yeah, on yeah, Football Rabble. That's true. We're, not, yet, lo- we're knows, not the future. Who knows how long this edit will take? If you <laughs> might take a week. If you're revisiting this episode in five years' time, <laughs> he's going to be 30 next week. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, how do we manage that on the on the podcasting front? Look, you're absolutely right about that. That's one of the reasons that's been given for the idea that Jack Grealish, you know, where do you play him? He's been playing all over mm. the place. He's not been disciplined because basically at Villa, the team has been built around him. Mm. Do we build the England team around Jack Grealish? Now, that would not be my suggestion. No. But my question would be, Luke, you know, given that ANZ Maitland-Niles has been brought in to play the Grealish role, what role does Grealish play? Mm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Maitland-Niles comes in on, on merit because he's been in good form and because he's you know an interesting young-ish player who can play in a number of different positions I suppose on the, on the Jack side of the of the ledger I understand there are players ahead of him I understand he don't want to build a team around him I think you're right about that but I do think that you don't know where you're going to be in nine months time you might find that a player's dropped out of form elsewhere or someone's got a serious injury and can't be considered and you need to bring someone in and it's better in my view England, England should beat Iceland and Denmark. Let's at least agree on that. I know both games are away from home. I know we've got a recent history Bizarre with Iceland. situation as well at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And, and I know the guys yesterday were talking about how, you know, it's, it's a little bit nerve-wracking playing Iceland again after the scene of the crime and all that. <laughs> but England should win those games. So there's no harm at all in having someone around the squad so if you do have to call him in six months time he at least knows what to expect right? and right, he feels yeah. like he knows people He's yeah. and, and players are human beings at the end of the day familiarity breeds confidence confidence is really important so I can't see the justification for him not doing it in the past I'm pleased he's done it now uh, and Jack needs to go there and kind of gra- grab that opportunity and not think about how he's only in there because other players have pulled out um, and, 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 and I suppose the final point is just that Sometimes players are great and they play a really important role for their team. And I think, Pete, you spoke a lot of sense about about what he's done and and what he's capable of. But sometimes they just don't fit in. Or sometimes there are players better than them. And we talk about this a little bit, quite regularly on the show. Look at a player like, back in the, maybe in the late 90s, you have a player like Ian Wright, who was a brilliant football player. You know, he was was Arsenal's record goal scorer for a while. Everyone knows how good Ian Wright was as a player. He didn't really do an awful lot at international level, partly because he was unlucky with injuries, partly because there were simply players better than him. And that's how it goes. You can't Mm. please everyone all the time. So there's an element of that to it as well, I think. Yeah, and the interesting... And his hair. His fucking hair. What? Mention his hair. Who? Ian Wright? That's a bit unkind. No, not not right. Mention his friends. (laughs) Mention who he's hanging out with and how poor they've been for England at times. (laughs) The man who sits in this studio with you and I, Kate, with the most similar hair to Jack Reese, it's Pete Donaldson. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And calves. So, yeah, and similar calves <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Show those. Great sh- point. Show us your tool belt. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think about Jack Reese's hair and can it realistically fit into a current England setup? I've said it before. He's, we're both in Undercut Boulevard and it's hard to get out of that. And once we do, mm. we will flourish, Kate. But he's, flourish. he's got 15 years on his side. He's, he? got, <laughs> he's got time before he gets to my 39. This is a guy thing, isn't it, about hair? Because the, mm. when you type if you type in Grealish into Google when you're looking for stats and stuff about him, the first, you know, they have those suggested questions. The first or maybe the second question is what does Gra- Jack Grealish wear on his hair? Well, or what does mm. he use in his hair? Isn't that, isn't that related to your previous Google searches though, Kate? No, I, <laughs> I've literally never searched like, for hair like, product in my like, entire life. Like that American politician who oh, God. made a big thing on Twitter and signed that. <laughs> I can't believe I'm being served so many pornographic adverts. Yes. It's a disgrace. And then someone said, yeah, it's just related to your previous search yeah. history. <laughs> See that little clock? That yeah. means you've searched it before. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so I, that's not something I have insight on, but clearly it's important when you have that kind of undercut boulevard. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, th- I think also, I think there's something unsaid here, which is that, um, and I'm going to solve that, which is that um, Thanks. A, lot of, a lot of young men look to football players as their kind of role models and their style icons and all this kind of stuff. And, and so I imagine there's a lot of people that are thinking, I like Jack Reed, he's hairy, that's quite cool. And uh, he's a good footballer and I want to be just like him. And that's probably why I'd say. The undercut is cracking on for five years, six years old now. And pretty much everyone had one. Footballers didn't really adopt it to the extent that I thought they would. Um, And so um, I'm sort of feeling that he looks like a man out of time. Yeah, I had an undercut in 1995. Yeah, it was all the rage, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, Yeah. undercut in 1995. Came back 2015. Yeah, but obviously I was 34 then. Mm. Your hair's too curly, it's wild. Exactly. But this is the thing, Kate. You should have gone for the Kevin Keegan perm look, Mm. because you didn't even need to pay for the... No, but my hair didn't go curly till about 16, 17. Um... I had straight hair till then, so I could do the undercut. Now it's full on Bob Carroll, Jesus. Exactly. It is full on Kevin Keegan kids. now. Hey, yeah, kids. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> you know, what can you do? So I, I couldn't even get the Jack Reish on the cut if I wanted to. Mm. You, however, Kate, could. I really would actually quite want one. You mm. should. Yeah, yeah I'm quite on. into that as an idea generally. Mm. Can you not get it because the regime don't like it? <laughs> Those pen pushers down at City Hall. Yeah, she can't answer them. She can't answer them. She can't. Pete, she can't. Shave her! <laughs> Shave Kate! <laughs> we'll, set up a, we'll set up a Patreon. <laughs> yeah, for, Do it for charity, Kate. What, new, you don't like charity? Shave <laughs> Kate! There's a new tier. You get to, if you pay, you get to give Kate an undercut. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is turning a little bit into a kind of Lawrence Fox scenario here. <laughs> Uh, yes. Why is he involved? Again, Pete, you're an expert on that. Do you want to talk about Lauren you Fox? You look just like Lauren Fox. That that's not my fault, is it? <laughs> it's Lauren Fox's fault, in anything. Lawrence Fox? No, you look absolutely nothing Thank like you. Lawrence Fox. Mm, that's actually sure. quite unkind. So yes, Jack Grealish, <laughs> five years after choosing to represent England, he is now potentially mm. going to earn his first cap for the Three Lions. Um, he has, of course, represented the country previously at under 21, so it sort of seemed as though when Gareth Southgate came in, he might be straight into the senior uh, senior squad, but not so far. And now he's in. because yeah. Not because Gareth Southgate is morally weak. And I mm. fully do not approve of that kind of line of questioning. What he's going to do, Gareth, when the, the going gets really tough and we don't get a couple of good results here or, or things are going all right, he's going to bring the waistcoat back. I'm telling Did you. Do you reckon? you got to. You've got to bring so, back your greatest hits. Exactly play a bit right. of new material. Yeah. Chuck in a few Dayglow t-shirts. Mm. And then play the hits. Yeah, and then and, play this. But I think he's going to subconsciously be saying, remember the summer of 2018? <laughs> I haven't forgotten, have you? <laughs> That's what he's going to be saying. I haven't forgotten. I no. watch it every night before I go to bed. <laughs> the little the montage. The things I do to make myself really upset about uh, when England used to be good. Uh, 2012 Olympics. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, yes. That was so good. <laughs> if you watch the opening, I know it's the, oh, it's, the, it's the UK, it's London 2012, it's the UK really though. But, but I mean, when you watch that opening oh. ceremony back, it is so good. Yeah. There's a thing on Netflix at the moment called Rising Phoenix about the Paralympics. Right, okay. And it, the, yeah, I think there's some plot issues with the way that it's set up, but it's just basically supposed to be some of these incredible stories about these Paralympics. And you yeah. would have thought material like that could create an incredible documentary. It's worth a watch. It's not. Amazing. Ultimately, an cre- incredible documentary. But the first 20 minutes or so is just like stuff from London 2012. And oh my goodness yeah. me, I was blubbing as hard as I was in that first bit about <laughs> Potch in the All or Nothing documentary, <laughs> yeah. which TVZ we will come on to. Yeah. I, I, um, I watched the London 2012 opening ceremony again a while oh. back. And I, I honestly thought to myself, one, this is brilliant. Two, this could be 400 years ago. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, my goodness me. me. What's the name of that documentary? Which? The one you're talking about. Rising Phoenix. Phoenix. Rising Phoenix. Or yeah, possibly Phoenix Rising, I now realise. Okay. It's on Netflix. Sorry mm. to do with Phoenix. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about um, the, the the name, that person, right? Phoenix Rising or Rising Phoenix, is the, uh, she's a fencer who has no arms or legs. 
Huh, amazing. Really incredible, wow, amazing incredible story. woman. Lost right. some two meningitis. Yeah, give it a watch. Um, let's talk a little bit about some silverware that uh, Jean-Michel Olas, as we've just been mentioning, has been joyful to see that Lyon <laughs> have managed to triumph in a Champions League final. They beat Wolfsburg in the Women's Champions League final 3-1. That is the fifth straight Champions League title for Lyon. It's a pretty familiar sight now of Wendy Renard hoisting the trophy aloft. They seem to have a whole setup to their... Uh, I mean, they really knew what practice. they were doing we're with their celebration. <laughs> they had a little dance. There was no Obama Yang involved in that. <laughs> no, no, no. It was extremely well organised. Um, particularly good girl, the second one, I thought, Saki Kumagai, long range shot. She'd actually had a chance to practice it in the first minute, hadn't she? So mm. perhaps that was a Is one, it fair to say, Kate, that, it was on target. that Leon are able to just do whatever they want? Mm. And so they say it almost felt a bit like that goal you mentioned there that was that was practiced in the first half. I was like, yeah, I'll score that one now. <laughs> very, I'll give that one a bash now. I, I very stupidly thought Wolfsburg had uh, goals in them. They had one goal in them. <laughs> the, that, pop, that, the pop, the pop was a goal that actually looked like a pop. You would probably call that a pop. Yeah, I was, was that fair? Uh, you yeah, it, it, it was, and and it was such a cl- a, a close range delivery to a header. Yeah, I was like, it, oh, yeah, that's in. Yeah. Shit! If that was me, I'd have been getting to reacting to that about now. I, I, it would have just taken my teeth out. <laughs> I would have been, ah, teeth gone. Thank, thank God I wore a dental dam. <laughs> <laughs> dental dams. Um, but uh, come on, guys, she's um, <laughs> she, she's got all. Over 100 caps for Japan, she will not score a better goal than that. that and so, so apparently she's the first Asian player to score in the Women's Champions League. I'm fairly certain that makes her the first footballer to score, uh, the first footballer, the first Asian footballer to score in the Champions League final. Because there was only, there's only like Park Ji-sun... Oh, in the Champions League final? Final, yeah. Final, okay. yeah. Park Ji-sun won it but didn't play. Sung Hyun Min played but didn't win and neither scored. So I'm fairly certain she's the first... Asian player to, to win uh, to, to, yeah. to, to, to score in the, in, in the final amazing and what I, I, decent I, I, way what, to do it Pete's, Pete's our Far Eastern correspondent mm. so of course you are he, he would know that he would she's know from uh, Sapporo where I was in yeah. January well, one thing I find interesting about Leon is that they've had three coaches in five seasons mm. yet in all five of those seasons they've won the Champions League it's mad isn't it it's almost like you need to go yeah. you don't <laughs> just get in yeah it's, it's like you put your name down you ever picture name down, you get it. You get you get the job. Um, they're incredible. They're, I mean, the combination of Cascarino and Bronze down the right was devastating <laughs> to the point of where the left back, the Wolfsburg left back, had to go off with an ankle problem. Was that, was that their and number that, six? Where they just like, every time Cascarino got the ball, she was like, oh, fuck yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> just off. The, lef- the left back went off with an ankle problem and I, I can only presume it's just that her feet ended up the wrong way around <laughs> because it was t- a twisted blood to, to use Alex Ferguson's phrase. It was unbelievable. <laughs> they, they are amazing, Leon. They're, they're so good to watch. I think a lot of people were, a lot of people know a lot more about women's football than me, which is uh, pretty much everyone, w- was saying that... Um, Look, there's a chance this season, chiefly because Leon have had a lot of key players out. Almost the yeah. entire spine of their team was missing. Mm. Yet they were still able to to really put their foot on the gas when they needed to. And, and Wolfsburg, you know, fine. They, they got a goal, as Pete mentioned. It was a decent goal, as we said. But it felt to me a bit like Leon could just turn it on when they wanted to and they could just ease away into another gear. Is it, and, is it a bit Seville in the men's game kind of thing? In the, in the Seville, rather. Um, they just know how to win this competition. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, how many finals have they been to? Eight Champions League finals? And, and the mad stat I also read, Kate, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm fairly certain that I read they've been in eight Champions League finals and their captain, Renard, and their goalkeeper have played in every single yeah. one. Right? That's you, mad, isn't it? <laughs> that is big game experience, man. Eight Champions League finals they've played. Yeah. Incredible. Wolfsburg are also a big side in the in the women's games. So yeah. they, they have plenty of big game experience too. But you're absolutely right about Lyon. I mean, Ada Hegerberg, of course, previous uh, winner of the Ballon d'Or, she wasn't playing. Yeah. Uh, Amandine Henry was um, 
she was benched due to injury. And then, of course, Nikita Paris couldn't play because she is sent off in the semi-final. She's a big, big player for Lyon. So, yeah, I don't know. I was sort of hoping for a for a Wolfsburg upset here, but it was a great game to watch and deserved winners. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Wolfsburg are a, are a decent team in the women's game. Absolutely. We um, Regular listeners to the Ramble will know that um, I interviewed um, Julia Simich, who played for Wolfsburg, won the double with them in 2017. She talked a lot about her time playing for Wolfsburg. They're a very good side. I mean, obviously, to get to the Champions League final, you've got to be a decent team. But Leon just seem far and away much better. And it's been the case for a long time, as we all know. And the investment, not just financially, but also like socially and psychologically, yeah. the investment in the team is is so important for them. And, and you, I don't really want to... Do I want to dig out another team for no reason? Maybe. Like Liverpool, for example... <laughs> They don't. They don't translate that success they've had to the women's game, do they? Famously, yeah. and, and lots of other teams don't. Yeah, and, the and week they spent a million pounds on the fireworks display for the men winning the uh, Premier League, their, their team, their women's team dropped into the Championship yeah. because they basically had no, no investment and no support. Yeah. So, so the the social investment and the psychological investment as well has to be good. Like, I mean, Olas is famous for it, isn't he? he? puts on he puts on charter jets, private jets for the team. He lets them use all the men's facilities or the club's facilities, as they should be called, and and really makes an, an, an investment in it. Now, I know no, in the interim period, it might be a bit of a lost leader financially because the, the game hasn't matured the same way the men's game has, has matured, but it hasn't been given a chance to do that. So I think there's kind of a moral responsibility for people to invest in it and, sh- and show what can be achieved. And the reason I'm saying that is just chiefly because it's not a good thing for one team to be so dominant all the time. We want to no, get other exactly. teams through to yeah. kind of challenge a little bit more realistically. And the Women's Super League's improving all the time, right? Lucy Bryan's probably go back to the Women's Super League next season, won't she? So... It's another example of one of the world's best players playing back in, in England. So hopefully we can see that in the future, that, that there's teams that come through to challenge Leon. But overall, amazing, as usual, brilliant performance. Amazing story about uh, Gunnar Stottir. Oh, um, yeah. Getting, yeah. Getting both a runners-up medal and, and a, a winner's, winner's medal. medal. Because of, because of COVID. You wait for special dispensation meant she could move <laughs> from Wolfsburg to Leon because of... Because they really needed her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really strapped. I didn't see this happen, but it would have been amazing if she went up and got the runners-up medal. Cheers. And, and then, then went back <laughs> Again. Me again, yeah, different shirt on. <laughs> she yeah. did also score the, the last goal for Leon, then, and yeah, they probably were just also just again like, bloody hell, mate. Another very instinctual finish was like fuck it's in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, an honourable mention, absolutely for England's Lucy Bronze, one of the best women's players in the world. So she's finishing her career at Leon, bang out with three successive European titles. First English player to do that. Also, England forward Jodie Taylor just won her first um, UEFA Club trophy. Hmm. Thirty-four years old, Luke. Amazing. So. Great. Still a chance for me, perhaps. Yes, I, mean, I thought you were going to say for me. Then. <laughs> One, absolutely not. I can barely run to the bottom of my road these days. And two, I'm five years older. Why are you running to the bottom of your road? <laughs> He's trying to get in away from fog. the creditors. <laughs> <laughs> I've never lived here in my life. <laughs> anyone who's followed your Instagram, Luke Moore, knows that that is not true. What's that? You're a, you're an active participant on the old... Um, What's the thing called where you chart your runs and then oh, take pictures Strava. of yourself Strata. looking tired? The word, the word active is doing Strudel. a lot of heavy lifting in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike me, who's not doing any heavy lifting. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to a break. Up next, how does Messi feel about being nudged into the second half of today's ramble by Jack Grealish? We'll tell you after this. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Now, Flexible BT TV allows football fans to make unlimited substitutions so they can sub the football on and off every month. With the new season just around the corner, BT TV allows you to be flexible with which football you want to watch. 
They offer the Now TV Sky Sports Pass, BT Sport, and Prime Video, and you can sub them on and off every month, however you like. In the spirit of substitutions, we're subbing in some of our listeners onto today's episode to answer some very special quiz questions. So, who's coming off the bench first? Rob Mason from Kings Winford. Rob, thanks for getting involved. Good to have you among us. Rob, I'm going to start with a very simple question. Who is your favourite England manager? Sven. Go on, I'll have Sven. I'm not sold on Gareth. A fine fine choice, Rob, a fine choice. All right, and here's a question that has to be answered by this generation's football fans. Once and for all, Rob, settle the debate now. Gerard or Lampard? Gerard. Mm-hmm. Gerard, definitely Gerard. I could be swayed a bit by Lampard getting on my nerves now as a manager. He's a bit too chippy, but you know, it's it's Gerard for me. Yeah, have you seen any of Gerard's post match interviews? <laughs> manager? No, because that's in Scotland, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Rob, if you were trying to impress your colleagues while away with work, which instrument would you play in the hotel bar? The jube. <laughs> nice. Dion Dublin's jube. What an oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> That's a fantastic end, Rob. That's brilliant. Listen, we're flexible like BT TV, though, so we're subbing you out, Rob. Right, who's up next? Hello, I'm John O'Shea. I'm from Ireland and currently living in Birmingham. John, I would love to know who is your favourite ever England manager? I quite like Terry Venables. That is very big of you. Yeah. I I I thought you would have gone for Steve McLaren, (laughs) Sam Allardyce. No. Um... (laughs) Well, Big Sam is the obvious answer, like, you know, because it was just, it was, what, two months of just chaos. With that in mind, John, that I think brings us on to our next question. What's the best England game you've ever seen? Best England game I've ever seen? Oh, I think it was the Iceland game. I know that's obvious, but I think, I think it was the Iceland game. Because England were, were all right during it, but you just knew they were going to come unstuck. Moving on to the next question, John. Who would you say is Scandinavia's most influential football figure? Ooh, that is a tough one. I'm not going to go for Sven. Again, that's the easiest one. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say Henrik Larsson because he did it in everyone says oh he did it in Scotland and everyone can do it in Scotland, but then he went to Barcelona as a what 33 or 4 year old and mm-hmm. did it changed the game against Arsenal. And finally, John if you were trying to impress your colleagues while away with work, what instrument would you play in the hotel bar? Spoons. <laughs> nice. Wouldn't have a little nice. tickle in the ivories. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Like spoons is they're readily accessible. So if you're in, if you're in a hotel bar where there is no, you have to go to the kitchen to get them. You, you could just ask the bar, say, "Can I get two spoons off you, please?" I'll tell yeah. you what, you can't argue with that, John. That's absolutely fantastic. But because we're flexible, just like BT TV, we're going to sub you out. All right, good to talk to you. But who's next? Hi, it's Liam from South London. Liam, good to have you with us, my man. Have we got some questions for you, Liam? It's a question that all football fans of our generation need to answer. I'm going to get you to, to, to finally solve it for us. Gerard or Lampard? Never really had uh, someone in this race, but I'd probably, I'd probably go Gerard. If you were trying to impress your colleagues while away with work, which instrument would you play in the hotel bar? <laughs> um, oh, I suppose toward toward grips probably. Uh, <laughs> he's already got there before me. I'm not sure. Probably probably tickling the ivories. Yeah. That gets people going. Yeah. 
With a new football season nearly here, BT TV are allowing you to make unlimited substitutions. They offer the Now TV Sky Sports Pass, BT Sport and Prime Video, and you can sub them on and off every month. Search BT TV today. Right, friends, now it's time for the topics. We concentrate on the topics. We're pretty good to many topics today. And the question is, of course, which famous person would you have voicing a TV series on your club and why? In the context, a little bit of, of course, Tom Hardy doing the Spurs documentary, despite, as far as we can tell, not being a Spurs fan. I checked it out and I, I couldn't see um, any evidence of him being a Spurs fan. He hasn't fan. pledged his support to any club. Oh, really? Seemingly. He's, he's from of... Hammersmith, I think. So he's at least a London... Uh, yeah, has, has Venom, his, uh, <laughs> has Venom, his alter ego, uh, declared for any clubs? Oh, I wish I could think of a pun. I wish you'd told me beforehand. Sorry, I would have thought of a pun yeah, for that. Okay. Um, he's not placed to... I, I couldn't find any evidence of him being a spur. It's just a job for him, Kate. It's just a goddamn job. Mm. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Hi, I wish you would do it a bit more in the voice that he uses to do those CBBs book at bedtime he's stuff. At that. He's brilliant at that. <laughs> That's what I need. He's brilliant at that. And I'm, I'm, I am biased. And he's a friend of Pete and I. Ben Bailey Smith's um, version of that. He's, am- he's amazing at that as well. Mm. It's great. It's great to watch. I, I'm not even a kid. It's great to watch. Sometimes. Um, but Tom Hardy, I feel like Tom Hardy's doing his um, doing his old man's voice for it. Yes. Is he, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, I what, agree. For the, for the All or Nothing documentary? Yeah, I, right? I, I, I don't know, if you hadn't already told me, I don't know if I'd know that was Tom Hardy. Right. Is he doing uh, his People got of... it pretty quickly when they did the little release, didn't they? On I w- Twitter. I watched it? Inception last night and he's got a sort of, uh, sorry, dear boy, I'm, I'm yeah. very English. Oh, he's yeah. fucking great, Tom Hardy. Yeah, he's, he's one great. of my favourites. He's, ve- he's incredibly uh, watchable. Incredibly he magnetic. is incredibly charismatic. Well, much like uh, Jose Mourinho, who mm. I hope we'll find time to speak about in a minute. Um, like, uh, what, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, topics. Right. Anne Schumann has been in touch. Hello to you, Anne Schumann. He says, uh, I'd like Sir Alex Ferguson to narrate a Man United documentary <laughs> showcasing their last seven seasons post his retirement <laughs> and also have his subtle commentary as he goes through the slideshow of United's downside. Now, oh. I don't think Andrew Man's a Man United fan. No. So, <laughs> that, but that would be amazing. Just, just hearing the clink of the glass yeah, as he pours another one out. Punctuated by constant disdain. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Why have they signed him? <laughs> Why have they signed, told him? Uh, yeah. He'd have to really back David Moyes though throughout. So it'd be interesting to see how he, he levels those two things. Yeah, yeah he would have lucky. to spin that. Yeah. Massively spin mm. that. I mean, like yeah. the, the comment, the, the, the uh, what's, what's it called? The extra comment, commentator's uh, version. Cut. Director's, oh, director's cut. commentary cut, yeah. would right. be Sir Alex just talking about all the things that David Noyes has achieved over the years. Has David Noyes' time at Manchester United been a little bit whitewashed, <laughs> been a little bit like kind of cleaned up from what? Didn't last very long. Didn't last very long. Exactly <laughs> short. At least it was short. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Sam, uh, I think via Twitter, uh, said the actor who plays Mr. Burns narrating a FIFA Qatar uh, 2022 <laughs> documentary. He would be the perfect person. To do mm, Smithers. Yeah. What is modern slavery? Yeah. <laughs> Why Kate, do they even any, need passports? Kate, anything to say on that as, a, as the ex Qataria uh, representative? John Goth has also tweeted it. Okay. <laughs> Good name, by the John way. John Goth. Goth. Come yeah. on. Um, he says he's after an epic nature documentary. I quite like, I would watch this definitely. Mm. An epic nature documentary of all the Premier League animal mascots narrated by Sir David Attenborough. So it'd be kind of. Um, I do like this. Brighton's like. Seagull, yeah. G- Gully the Seagull, as the I'm seagull. sure. Cyril the Swan. Look S- at him eating out of a bin. Yeah. Stamford and Bridget the Lion. I mean, it could be quite unpleasant, couldn't it? If, uh, if say, Wolfie and Wendy Wolf at Wolves were to team up and go at mm. Chirpy, um, the Spurs mascot. 
Chirpy. <laughs> I said Cyril the Swan, but he's not even a Premier League mascot anymore. I know, you're so behind the times on that. The story I like to tell on this show, and I'll tell very, very quickly for your benefit, Kate, because you might not have heard it, is that Portsmouth's mascot, um, they started out being brothers and si- a brother and sister. Oh, yeah. And then by I've then, heard all your material before, mate. Nelson and Mary Rose. Great names. <laughs> yeah. Like, great, 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 harking back to an amazing time in Portsmouth's history. And they married him at the end of the season. Disappointing. Oh, never mind. Yeah, some, some explaining to do to the children present. Look um, at Monty and Maggie Magpie going at it. Is incest in legal in the animal world? <laughs> David Attenborough has never said either of those things. Can I, can I stick up for, for Sir David Attenborough? Um, because um, I didn't realise he was getting a bath ring. Well, no, he is. It. He is really because the suggestion on paper sounds amazing and we all know how great and what a contribution he's made. On the other hand, he's 94. He should be choosing his jobs more carefully. He shouldn't be just saying yes to anything. Like Pete Donaldson does, he should be choosing his jobs a bit more carefully, shouldn't mm, he? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Ninety-four. You don't want to be doing not, not, not even real animals. Get, get depressed about it. Well, maybe that's just the meta way that he's moving into human documentaries. Mm. It's a bit of a late and abstract step at there this point goes, in his career. There goes Gunnosaurus, <laughs> firing one off near yeah. a child. <laughs> Of course, not even not even around these days, extinct for 70 million years. He emerges from his tunnel. Who's the only club that doesn't seem to have a proper mascot at the moment, guys, in the Premier League? I might uh, be wrong about this, but I don't know. this is what I think. Uh, I think Everton haven't got one. Have they not? Not dressed up. Is it a toffee man? I thought it was Torson. I like the idea of, uh, of David Attenborough being really confused as to why he's seen the first dinosaur that's been seen for 70 million years at Arsenal <laughs> emerging from his tunnel wearing a T-shirt <laughs> and a cap. Do, I mean, I guess Philbert Fox, the, 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 the tunnel would probably count as, a, as a, some kind of burrow. Yeah. Whenever I think about Philbert Fox, oh, I, always, I always think about the crack fox on Shooting Stars. <laughs> yeah. Got any gin? <laughs> anyway. Yes, get your suggestions in for this week week's topic you can either email us at show at footballrambledaily.com or tweet us like all these good gentlemen gentlemen mm. and possibly lady don't know um have done using the hashtag ramble topics do it we concentrate on the topics we're pretty good to many topics today the name's goth John Goff. Enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like a mascot himself. <laughs> Imagine if he's on a goth mascot. A gothic mascot a gothic for Whitby ma- Town. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. Mm. Now, I'm really glad, guys, that we didn't talk about Messi yesterday because it means that us three <laughs> get to talk about him today. Um, and Mana from heaven at the moment. Yeah, isn't it? yeah I mean, <laughs> quiet times. Yeah, and we, as we also think, it probably won't be resolved by the end of the transfer no. window. We can just talk about this yeah. absolutely ad infinitum. Unlike you, Luke, I don't believe that he can. Having looked into this a bit more, I'm going to be really extremely me surprised if he does manage to move from Barcelona to Manchester City. Oh, yeah. Um, you coming in here with your facts. <laughs> <laughs> we do big opinions in here. Keep your facts to yourself, Your fair <laughs> I I um I also love the idea, Kate, that you mentioned that, this, that him being bumped into the second half of the ramble might well be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and he might just retire. Yeah, I've never even heard of Jack Greeley. Yeah, yeah. I he um the the ongoing debate as it will be continually mm. ongoing, but there's been some key developments, uh, particularly on well Sunday morning. Um, in at work to the news that. 
Lionel Messi had not turned up to the pre-season coronavirus tests. Yeah. Uh, he was due in at 10.15. We waited till 11 o'clock to say, no, he is absolutely definitely not coming. And there was word that he'd also sent another one of these bureau faxes, which, as I now understand it, is not actually a fax. It's a special kind of recorded delivery letter. Mm. So there we go. And, and another one for the fax fans. And, and, and good. And, and I like that. And, and, but the problem with that is that you, you can't have anything nice these days, can we? What do you mean? You have a couple of jokes about a fax and you have a bit of fun <laughs> yeah. and then some poindexter, some absolute beard comes in and goes, well, it's not actually a fax. Not actually a fax. It's a PDF uh, yeah. hand-delivered by a company. The thing, it's a legally binding hand-delivered PDF <laughs> uh, capable of being converted into several different formats. Shut up. Is he, is he kind of with him... Me and Pete got f- 15 minutes out of fax, <laughs> 1990s fax adverts Damn off the right. back of that. It, with, with him sort of uh, failing to uh, turn up for coronavirus tests, is he just trying to make himself cheaper? Like, I won't pass my MOT. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an absolute yeah. insurance write-off man. Yeah, I am riddled. I am I'm riddled. riddled over here. You're lucky to get 10 million for me. <laughs> the thing is, what it means is it's actually a pretty clever way of doing it generally because obviously if you haven't done your test, you can't turn up to training anyway, no matter uh, oh, what yeah, your thoughts point, are. Yeah. But the thing about the, the, thing about the contract, um, to go into it just briefly, mm. as I understand it, though I am of course not... Um, Anywhere near being an employment lawyer. Sorry. No, you are wearing glasses, though. So Sorry, father. Halfway. So are you, Pete. I know. So we look very intelligent. So I'm the thick one here. Fair yes. enough. If the cap fits. You're like Bob Carroll, jeez. <laughs> we don't have to wear our glasses to prove our cleverness. No, it's true, actually. I'm um, hoping one day to take my glasses on and people go, oh my God, he's so handsome. But, oh, oh, like, and she's all that. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So happen. And it, then Sir Ferris will play at the end. If you keep this Bob Carroll thing up, you do realise, given that we do a show together, people are just going to start calling you Spit the Dog. I don't mind. <laughs> that's how, that's we how all know where the brains are. are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it might have been actually Real Big Fish that played at the end of uh, She's All That. No Apologies worries. to you, <laughs> Scarpunk fans. No worries. They did do a duet at one point. But Kate, speaking, speaking of going into the... Um, um, we're flipping just from Save Ferris into Real Big Fish, straight back to Messi again. Mm. Um, surely, though, and it, maybe this is too reductive to say, and you can absolutely correct me if I'm wrong, if the player wants to leave, he'll leave. It's as simple as that, surely. Yeah, and I think, obviously, if you if this is what's happening at your club, you've kind of lost the battle here a little bit, haven't you? Because people still, many people still think this is just a, a power grab, not that you would have thought Messi needed to grab any more power yeah. at Barcelona, but in terms of getting rid of uh, Bartomeu, the, ch- the chairman. Um, you're absolutely right that, that, they, that he will, but, that, you know, these contracts, his release clause is 700 million euros. This, if this were to go to court, this would just be completely unprecedented in terms of... That's a, in no one's interest though, right? Well, I, yeah, I, you wouldn't have thought so, but it's it depends. It's Bosman too. <laughs> but it's a player we actually care about. Hashtag free messy. I kind of see this as, as, as slightly different. I see this as a situation where it's all part of the dance. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna set their precedence. They're going to say this. They're going to say that. The fact that La Liga have said that, they, that the release clause has, clause has to be honoured is, to me, unless, I don't, unless I'm missing something, it's kind of irrelevant unless Barcelona insists they don't want to sell. And, and and that might not be their position. There's a lot of rumours saying that it's actually Bartomeu's plan all along to sell Messi because they're in, interest, they're in yeah. so much debt they mm. need to sell him and he's, and he's such a drain on their resources. So but this could be seen, Kate, surely as just, this is just part of the dance and they'll negotiate a fee with Manchester City um, and Manchester, I, I think, my personal opinion is Manchester City will pay it because it'll be in their interest to pay it and everyone's happy. But it's such a, I mean, how does that, that from work? From Barcelona fans, we're very much not happy. Yeah, good point. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> did, 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 it's, 
Sorry, Ken. no, you can't. Oh, so, so did you see the um, see the uh, lad from uh, the Barcelona fan on uh, Twitter? Basically, doing this big speech about He's in how tears. Uh, He's in tears. <laughs> I'm talking to you, you fucking traitor. When you arrived, <laughs> even gone yet? When you arrived at our beautiful institution, you were penniless. We welcomed you into the family. We give you a home. We give you food, and, and this is growth, how you were penniless. I growth hormones. <laughs> I growth hormones. Take them back. <laughs> It's gone tiny. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Good news, we saw a messy, everyone. The Where bad is he? He's three foot tall. Anyone <laughs> seen him? Mini yeah, messy. Yeah, anyone seen him? Is he the, in your ba- pocket? the badge gave you everything, and he's pointing at his water bottle. His little Nalgene at this point. Aww. It gave you a life. It gave you money. Yeah, at one point, doesn't he say, though, and, he, and, and I understand his point of view, he's a very passionate Barcelona mm. fan, good on him. Yeah. At one point, he does say, you will not be remembered. And you I will think not at be that point, remembered. I check out of it at that yeah, point. No. Like, I'm fairly certain mm. he will be remembered. Even yeah. if you forget the five other Ballons d'Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, you probably remember that sixth. Yeah. I, <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's to do with the, the, the difficulty is, of course, is 700 million euros, yes, clearly it's going to be very difficult for anyone to pay that, particularly if we're pretending that financial fair play is still a thing. Well, it won't be paid all in one chunk, will it? So that'll have, it'll have to be staggered over the next five years. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that amount of money. No. But, it, even, but even if it's less than that, I mean, still 200 million uh, euros or pounds is a hell of a lot of money. Mm, and yeah. you're talking about Manchester City, they've been investigated for financial fair play twice. They can't really, if Barcelona don't agree to let him go in any kind of organised way, they can't be entering into a danger, the danger that they might be in an engaged in a legal battle with Barcelona. They do 50 million every year, like for the next four but, but, quarters or something. Do, I don't oh, know. We've all yeah, done 50, I mean, million, 50 million, every million every year, Pete. Does it every month. <laughs> Get him on Learway. Yeah. No, I, I wonder if he could, yeah, some kind of radio rentals type yes. thing. No, but I, I wonder whether, which, another dimension to this is just that Manchester City are desperate to make themselves a global brand. And Champions League winning is part of that, Mm. as is the fact that they own all these different clubs all over the world. And as far as I understand it, I'm not a global branding expert, but as far as I understand it, they lag behind teams like Manchester United, Liverpool, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, even Arsenal, who are obviously huge in some parts of, of the world. And they can't get up to that level without difficulty. And one of the things that's in their way is um is the idea that financial fair play stops them just going out and doing whatever they want to do. If they can find a way to make it happen, Lionel Messi being, playing, being a Manchester City player will be absolutely gigantic for their global mm. brand, which is only mm. one of the reasons why I think they'll do anything they can to get him. Yeah. And I do think they will get him. Still I think need to will. sort their defence out, particularly as Messi is not going to track that. <laughs> it's boring though, isn't it? It's boring. <laughs> boring. No one does that. It's boring. boring. Who gives a shit about that? Look at Frank Lampard. Let's he doesn't care about that. Get Stonesy on it. He's got Thiago Silva. He's 48. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I very much think yeah. that... Um, uh, I'm, I'm, by the way... Speaking of that, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week. This is, I think this is a really interesting point. Uh, on the radio last week, you had Andros Townsend, okay? Not, you know, not the world's best player or whatever, but an international player, played at the Premier League for a long time. He was saying on the radio, um, it would be an absolute honour just to say that I've been on the same pitch as Lionel Messi. Mm. This is the level of player, the level of basically game ambassador we're talking about here. The rules don't apply when should, it comes to Lionel Messi. It's football, try, but harder to get... Palace into the Premier, into the Champions League. <laughs> Should score yeah. a few more goals. Spurs yeah. have been on a pitch with Lionel Messi. I saw it I at Wembley. Well. They didn't. <laughs> no, they saw the back we of it. We were in it for ages. We were in it for ages. The scoreline's a bit messed up. That was incredible. That He's was football incredible. chum though. He just distracts everyone. He just distracts everyone. So, so everyone be concerned on him. Kevin De Bruyne having a bloody lovely time. Except he's pissed off because he's getting paid a third as much. Yeah, probably. good point. Yeah. But yeah. Um, look, look at what happened in the uh, in, in the Women's League in the, in the Super League. Chelsea obviously uh, won it, and Manchester City probably should have if, if they'd played all of the fixtures. 
Get him in that team. Get put him in. in the city. Put him in the city women's team. Come on. I want to see Gunnar's daughter turning out for Iceland in the, uh, the Wait, men's. I, I genuinely yes. thought you were going to say Gunnarsaurus then. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about both today. Anyway, well, listen, there'll be more messy news tomorrow, I'm sure. No so doubt. They, they guys can pick it up. And there's no not doubt. just this is not the only branding exercise that's going on in the Premier League, of course, because as we've mentioned a few times earlier on in the show, it has been the first, well, the first three episodes of All or Nothing mm. Tottenham Hotspur um, are fuck out. Off, fuck off. Amazing pictures of Fuck off. It, I mean, it has become already the Jose Marino show. I've only watched the first episode. Yeah. Oh, no, the uh, first episode. It's heavy. I, I, did you, were you upset about Poch? I mean, I wasn't joking about oh, crying for the right. first 20 minutes. Again, though, mana from heaven, though. They must have been filming that documentary and think, oh, Poch really doesn't want us here. Poch clearly doesn't he want doesn't the, like the to talk He doesn't about like to talk. His, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't want to get involved. But just obviously, his, uh, his money, he and he just he loves it. He loves being the centre of attention. Well, so it kind of makes like it seem as though they did it because of the documentary, doesn't it? It kind of does, not it? <laughs> and that's yeah. what I worry about Spurs. That's why I worry about it. I wish he'd done that fuck-off thought in the, uh, the way Logan, is it Logan Roy from um, Succession. Yeah. Fuck off! Yeah. I wish he'd said it like that. It's fuck brilliant. off! It's brilliant. That's, that's one of the best delivered um, fuck offs ever. <laughs> fuck off! But the, the, the piece of audio we're, we're, we're referring to, um, should we play it? I'll play it out yeah. if you want. Um, right. To it's, it's essentially the, the scene that everyone's been buzzing about is Mourinho. Set, the scene is set. He's in his office and he's listening to um, TV, a debate on TV. Interestingly Fuck enough, off. interestingly enough, um, apparently that's the reason that scene sounds acted with mm. the people debating is because they couldn't get the permission to use the audio, so they got the script and they re-recorded the script. Really the cheap actors. It sounded. I, I mean, you know, you can get an actor well, for ten quid, right, didn't it? I thought it sounded fine. Nah. Was it you? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Pete can only do one sentence in in an estuary accent, which is uh, "There's nothing wrong with that." There's nothing wrong with it. So he, can, he wouldn't have been able to do that. Dick Van Dyke, is that you? <laughs> but I, li- I like the idea of God bless you, Maori. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I, the reason, it's a jolly holiday with Kate. <laughs> it, I, I love the idea that um, because because seeing Mourinho behind the scenes in the kind of his natural environment. Now I understand, and, and I understand that people will probably think, oh yeah, but he knows he's being filmed and everything. You have to bear in mind that people in the top level of the game know they're being filmed all the time. Yeah. They're used to it, right? So. I do think you get quite a, a good insight into why Mourinho has been so successful. I know people will talk until they're blue in the face about how charismatic he is and how he's been brilliant for this, that and the other reason. But to actually see it, it's actually quite a compelling thing. Mm. He, he, is, he is unquestionably, you know, this is not a new thing to say, I suppose, but on this format, it really hits home. He is unquestionably one of the most charismatic people football has ever seen, like ever. Mm. He's so charismatic. You can see people reacting to him, almost like buzzing off him, negatively and positively, everything he does. And it's a fascinating watch for that reason, I think. And unfortunately for 
Spurs fans, as, as the joke's already been made? The answer is... Nothing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> sorry to spoiler. But, uh, spoiler out, guys. Yeah. I don't know if you missed the yeah. season. Come for Tom Hardy's voiceover. Stay for Jose Mourinho calling Deli Ali a lazy prick. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I say. It's strange seeing him smile so much. That's what I found, Pete. Jose Mourinho. I mean, not yeah. Deli Ali. Deli Ali smiles a lot as well. I like, his, li- I like his little glasses with the, um, what would you call them? Like little... Um, oh, yeah. Like really old people back. tend yeah. to have with the... Mm. It very much had a, a very much a kind of... Um, um, aging school secretary vibe when he put the glasses on. <laughs> sat at his desk writing. But no computer, just but writing. Right, he has got that aura. I was at uh, Palace Newcastle um, uh, uh, this season and Mick McCarthy was in the, was in the posh area where everyone was on the, having their uh, chicken kebs and Volavons. And uh, I was thinking, yeah, he doesn't have that much of an aura about him. Yeah, but imagine walking in and just really there, you're like, yeah. oh, he's like a rock star or something. Didn't you notice how... Very, I know. Obviously, Daniel Levy and Pochettino had a had a five and a half year relationship. Mm. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. Friendship, friendship. <laughs> a working relationship, a friendship to some yeah. degree. Fuck so, buddies. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, that's a different kind of relationship when they're talking to each other. The few bits that you saw mm. of them in the same room, but when Levy comes into the room the first time in the that we see in the first episode, it is very subservient. I felt like the way he yeah. sort of sidles in and yeah. it's like hanging on every word of Mourinho. So you can see how that negotiation, despite him being an arch negotiator, that being his great skill, Daniel Levy, you know, he's like all of us. If he comes in and thinks, oh gosh, it's someone I'm quite quite excited (laughs) by. It's hard, isn't it? I wonder if that was just all part of the game though. To make him feel big. To make it look like a bigger deal. I don't see how Levy Levy can get to the level he's got to without being able to kind of manipulate Everyone gets starstruck, Mm. Luke. I have to come in and sit here with you and Pete every... Yeah. Every week. Mm. Uh, you know who I've been starstruck the most in my entire life? And, and talking of charisma, and, and bearing in mind, I'd also, I'd also been in the same room the same day as Liam Gallagher that day. Let me guess. Is it Andy Brussel? No. Let me guess. Is it Jake Shears from the Scissor Sisters? No, although he's up there. Right. Do you remember, Peter, we did Capital Radio, we worked there together, and we had, mm. there was that big radio day for to raise money for the tsunami on Boxing Day in right. 2000. I want to say five or six around yeah. that kind of time. Okay. And um, do you remember? You were part of that. I don't think I'd, st- I don't think I'd started then. Okay, right, anyway. X event was a ball what, hole. What they did is they had a big day of, of charity for radio. They got, and in Leicester Square, they got people, just they just put a call out saying, anyone famous, any musical artist, anyone who wants to come in, come in and, and give your time up and we'll raise money for charity. It was an amazing thing. And, and it really worked. Like Loads of people came in. Mm. Liam Gallagher came in on his own with his, just, his acoustic guitar and did a couple of songs in the studio. It was incredible. But the person who had the most charisma of anyone the whole day, and you're going to laugh at me for saying this, but I still remember it to this day, Shane Ritchie. What? <laughs> right, Shane yeah. Ritchie was the most charismatic man I've ever seen. Mm. Work in the room, glowing. It was amazing to Timmy see. Timmy Mallet did the same. Was Mallet there? Ma- no, Mallet wasn't there. <laughs> But he came in he once. Whacked, and, uh, he whacked me over the head. And I can't remember anything after that. But he 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 he, he took the piss out of <laughs> our boss so, so so relentlessly. I was like, brilliant. Timmy Mallet has just absolutely owned our boss. Yeah. And how did you feel about that? He said the things that Very I can't. I'm not yes, brave I'm enough to not say. Not brave enough to say. The guy was an idiot. You were in the same. You were in the same outfit, probably. Though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you were Timmy. Don't be so mean to Timmy Mallet. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't seen all of all nothing yet. No. Um, I'm well, so it's through. three episodes. Three three episodes are out now, guys, and then the next three come out. Uh, stop next week. Is and it the just next, six no. and then nine, and then the next no. three the week after that. I think. Is it is it technically true crime? <laughs> in the way they <laughs> throw away the true crime throw away the Champions League final like that. Anyway, they're in. They're out in three <laughs> tranches, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So yeah, most people will only have been able to see three episodes so far, and yes, a total of whatever, 15 minutes is devoted to, to Poch, which is fine. And mm. I agree with you about Jason Mourinho, but, you know, 
the way he sits in front of the camera and and suddenly is just so comfortable with it is mm. uh, it's practiced, but it's also very magnetic. Passion for the game is passion for the game. It's, it's also very nice to watch the same way golf's nice to watch. You watch a big golf tournament and it's beautifully manicured lawns. Yeah, and things, they've got wow. the best of everything. Oh. The, the, what's it called? Um, Balls Cross, where Spurs tra- train. Uh, I think it's called Balls Cross, up, up in Enfield. Um, it's beautiful to watch. Every, they've got everything they need there. They've mm. got a little... Uh, pitch and putt as well as you enter oh, they really you, you know, a little, that's brilliant I don't think it's for the, the likes of us but oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. It is, it's certainly available and yeah you're right. comes back it is it's, sort of like, <laughs> it's also sort of like watching the OC isn't it it's just yeah. like everything's shiny and you feel like it's far away <laughs> but quite California, beautiful here we come that's that isn't it yeah, yeah, it is. yeah there you go. Luke was uh, bragging about his voice earlier. That's not true, is it? <laughs> no, it's lovely. It's I was bragging true. on Luke's behalf. Thank Luke, you, do you want to just sing us out then, mate? No, not that really. is the end of that is the end of Football <laughs> Ramble. Football <laughs> Ramble. Here we come. You've done this. Someone else on the show tomorrow. I've closed the laptop, I'm not looking. It's Vish and Andy and me tomorrow. Pete, Luke, thank you very much and have a great day. See you later. Bye bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.